Ah, sir, you dwellers in the city cannot enter into the feelings of the hunter. Bram Stoker, Dracula. Ben Debus is a graduate of Indiana University's MFA program. His poems have appeared most recently in Spoon River Poetry Review, Cincinnati Review, and Lumina. He lives near Detroit with his wife, poet Kate Wetzel, and teaches at a local university. Welcome to the Poets Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Ben, what do you have for us today? Seeing. Tonight, the air planes out like panes of glass on which the damps condensed. The lamps which line the streets hang like Orion's belt medallions, small lights which bleed and blur upon the panes. I see tonight like this, but it's not this. And though I'm grateful for the sight I have, I can't stop wanting something more to see me, to see something more, to see these lights like glowing scarabs, or the fog like women trailing their dresses over everything as they dance past. But I see panes of glass, and lights predictably like stars, and stars are lights already. I see everything as if it were my childhood home torn down. I'm grateful that I see it all, but Christ, to see that rubble everywhere, as if it were a common thing, to see myself outside my childhood when the night's like this. The History of Missing Person 375, Part 3 Wash day. The morning frost, like sugar near a flame, dissolved across her floating hand. Below, bacteria unstitched her skin, loosed oils which slicked, invisible, past cattail stands and campgrounds. Gray shacks fallen to their stones, beneath the coat of char a leaf fire smoked upon the water. Several miles along, a farmer's wife scooped through a shallows filled a basin, scrubbed her sheets upon a grate. That night, the grain outside the farmhouse swished and leaned along the wind that stroked the eaves. The farmer's wife slammed down a plate of stew. The subject of a washing machine arose. The sheets, the farmer said, were clean, and see? Well, yes, the farmer's wife returned. Well, yes, but what am I to do in winter, see? Perhaps, though, more than residue of her, the murdered woman, coursed the linen threads. For as they lay together in their bed, each tasted something trilled, but tinged with sweet, and turned to touch each other with a thrill a bottle feels when falling towards a floor. Part 4. A Wardrobe The killer slit her skirt from hip to knee in strips, then stitched these up and crimped the hem to flare a ball gown for his balsa doll. Her garters, hat, the rest of her chemise, he tucked into a chest. He dropped her earrings inside his desk, and there they stayed until pneumonia swelled his lungs with fluid, drowned him from the inside out. But when he died, he had no heirs nor will, and so his niece, who had by then a daughter of her own, and who of all their kin was nearest him in miles and two in blood, but only those, took pity on his vast estate of waste, of sewing needles stuck in carpet, scraps of fraying fabric, wood chips, rusting lathe bits, the hundred tiny dresses on their dolls. As she catalogued and scrubbed his walls, 
Her daughter tried her mother's uncle's drawers and found the earrings in his desk. One snagged on twine, its twin inside an Altoid's tin, and quickly looped them through her new pierced ears. Blue porcelain balls, as large as pebbles, set in golden egg cups, dangled upside down on half-inch chains. And when the daughter turned in answer to the mother, those bright bulbs, like dogs who nose through brush to flesh out birds, stirred up a blur of violet in her eyes. You've been listening to Poems by Ben Debus and the Poets Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. You can visit the Poets Weave online at wfiu.org slash poetsweave.